Welcome to episode 12 of Take It Eevee, your Eevee listening podcast. I'm your co-host, Phil, joined by your host, Greg, and I am back. At least for this episode, things have been really busy for me lately. How about you, Greg? Uh, very busy, as always. Uh, yeah, I, I always have like tons of projects running around, so one of the reasons we haven't had an episode in a while was the, yeah, the fact that I've been busy with my other uh, jobs. And another one was the uh, I was waiting for Phil to uh, you know to have some time. So uh, so welcome back, Phil. <laughs> oh, thank you. I don't think you've really missed me. You've done a series of outstanding episodes without me and with, with some fantastic guests. Well, uh, what can I say? Uh, you know, I like I like I like letting other people uh, speak um, and just educate me on things that I had no idea about. And uh, so far, I think I've been quite successful at that. Yeah, um, nice. And, That's <laughs> yeah, and obviously there there have been some runs as well on my part, but um, I'm trying to keep them to uh, to the minimum. Well, how about I do the rents today? Go go for it. <laughs> okay, well, um, one of the reasons that I've been a bit too busy to come on is uh, moving house again, uh, hey. and that that will give us some fodder for more material in the future but um that, that's also going to change one of the the major pain points for me which is around uh, charging points so uh back a few episodes ago which is actually a year ago now when i i last moved moved into a rental uh for a while so we didn't actually have a charging point actually the the landlord did agree to to allow us to fit one but that will be obviously at our own expense and at the time, we just had the old uh, Nissan Leaf, which just like a month before we moved, I think they, they changed the, the window for the, for the grant, so we couldn't get the grant anymore. Um, so it's actually quite expensive for something that we're only going to be using for, for a year or two. And then a bit later, when we got our second EV, well, the, uh, the Outlander PHEV, that was eligible for the grant, but... First of all, we didn't really want to waste it because it wasn't clear whether we'd be able to get another one again soon after. And even if we did, that's still going to be another uh, two or three hundred pounds of our own money to have that fitted. And at that point, you know, we're already still already starting to think about moving. So it didn't seem worth it. So this whole time for a year and a half now, we've been trailing our three pin cable out the window, which has been pretty cold in the winter. Um... But, you know, it's been it's been doable. Um, but the other side to it is just actually accessing that that cable. We do have off-road parking, but only just. We've got this little stretch between the uh, the bay window and the, and the pavement. And it's just enough to be able to squeeze the car in at an angle into the corner of the bay, um, trying to avoid bashing into the bay window or to the wall next to us. Just enough to get close to close enough to the bay window to hang the cable out and plug it in. And we're having to do this every day with two cars, swapping them around. And we have um, sort of permit-based parking on, on the streets as well, so we've had to coordinate that. So it's been, been quite tricky for the last year, just living with all of that. And obviously a lot of people who have EVs don't have off, off-road parking at all. I know you were in that situation yourself, Greg, before. And, and do manage it. it. It is doable. But it has been quite painful. But that, that was... That's the domestic situation. Um, now, I don't do a lot of longer journeys, but when I do, you know, I've been trying to use the uh, the rapid charges at uh, service stations and a lot more springing up now as well. Um, but until recently, I had about nine or ten separate attempts at uh, charging from a rapid charger. Only one of them was actually successful, which seemed like a particularly bad run. Uh, there's various reasons for this. Like some of the charges just weren't working happens from time to time. Um, the, the couple of times that happened to me, I was in the um, uh, the plug-in hybrid. So I didn't technically need it, so I didn't really want to hang around on the phone to you know, to a technician to, to see if they could fix it. So I just left it. Uh, other times, um, except the uh, Ecotricity ones actually, my uh, the card that I'd previously used had expired in the app. So I had to set up new card details. And I was doing this sort of late at night in the freezing cold, 
with the family waiting in the car, sitting impatiently, just, just watching me, tapping into the phone. And it just wasn't working, and I eventually had to give up. They did that twice. So that was a bit of a pain. Um, and then um, we had this uh, Polar charger not far from, from where we live. And uh, there's a few times that I tried that. Uh, the first time it actually worked, that was the, the, the one of the nine times. <laughs> the next time... I got there and there was somebody else already in the charging bay. I wasn't desperate at the time, so I left it. And that happened a couple more times. And then one time I really needed it because I was low on charge. I had to pick the kids up from school. I left a bit early on the basis that if there was someone there, and there was, I'll just wait and then take my turn. So I got there and I waited. And I must have arrived like just as they plugged it in because I was, I was there for about half an hour, just sitting in the car waiting. Finally, they left. So I maneuvered into position, went to, to charge, and realized I'd left my RIF ID card behind. So that was a no-go, and I had to take some, some drastic return action just to pick the kids up from school on that occasion. Um, and then I heard recently that they, they'd switched a lot of the polar charges to contactless. Uh, it was actually you that told me that, Greg. So I went back to try it again, because I, I knew that I was going to be doing a journey in the near future, that went past a polar charger and I wanted to, to try it out. So I went back to the, to the same one. Um, now, with contactless fitted, sure enough, there it was. Except for me, it didn't work. I tried lots of different ways and eventually went into to the building that was hosting it. And he said, oh yeah, a few people have had trouble with that this week. So that didn't work either. And then I had to do that, that journey I talked about, which is actually to, to Gatwick Airport. Uh, driving cross, cross country, I can actually do the journey there and back if I'm really careful on a single charge in my uh, 24 kilowatt hour leaf. But on this occasion, I had to make a bit of a detour. So coming back, I knew I was going to have to charge on the way. And there was one of these uh, polar contactless chargers along the way. And I stopped off there. It's about midnight or, or just before in the middle of nowhere. So a hotel. And Bearing in mind my recent experience of using a Polar contactless charger, I was a bit uh, worried how that was going to go. And it worked. And I was so relieved. So I sat in the car waiting for it to charge. And it took nearly an hour to charge me to 80% from about, I think I was on about 25% at that point, which seemed much too slow. I mean, it is a 24 kilowatt hour um, car, so... It is a bit slower to charge anyway, but I definitely had much faster charging experiences. Usually about half an hour to get it to eighty percent from that. Yeah, it shouldn't be that slow. And then I thought, right, I've got to go. So I went to to close the the charging session, and it didn't work. So this one let me start charging, just wouldn't let me finish charging. So I had no choice but to call them. And I was on the phone for about ten minutes, just getting them to to cancel this session, so I could, I could actually get home. And I was I was particularly annoyed by this, but both the, the slow charging and by the having to call them to get them to terminate at the end because, so it's about midnight at this point, I was just back from one trip and I was actually um, on my way to another trip the next day, I had to drive to uh, Ebb's Fleet Station for the, uh, um, the Eurostar and I needed to get up at about four o'clock in the morning. So those extra minutes at night really <laughs> made a difference to me. So I was quite annoyed about that. But I'd also researched, uh, with your help again, Greg, um, there's a, a charger near Ebsfleet that also had to rely on, and it was a, an Ingini charger. And uh, you had told me, Greg, that these ones seem to be really well done. You know, they, they generally worked well, and the, the experience of using them was generally pretty smooth. So I was hopeful, despite my previous experiences. So went off on my journey, came back a few days later, um, that's another whole story, which I won't go into now, but I came to this charger once I eventually found it, and it worked. Contactless, the experience was smooth, everything just worked as you would expect, and it was much faster compared to my previous Polar experience. So I was, I was happy about that, but it's around this time I've been reflecting on all of these experiences I've just been telling about, both the, uh, the home charging situation and the rapid charging situation, and thinking, if I'm having all these troubles, and you know, to be honest, I'm having my doubts about whether this is sustainable. If I'm having these troubles, and I'm a, 
self-confessed early adopter. You know, I, I care about this stuff. I'm prepared to put up with, with a bit of inconvenience. And I'm really struggling. How is it going to be for the, the, the masses out there? We, we need to do this big switch to, to EVs. And it just seems like the infrastructure is just not there. And I know we, we've talked on the show before about how things are improving, but my experience didn't really seem to be picking up on that. So I was getting a bit depressed about this. So I, I caught myself thinking about this <clears throat> and took a step back and realised for a moment just how first world problems that perspective sounded in, in the cold light of day. Because this is in the context of we are, as a, um, a species, irreparably damaging this planet. And that's no longer just a fringe concern. You know, this is uh, recognised on, on a widespread scale now. And obviously internal combustion engines are only a, a part of that. They're not the only factor, but they are a significant one. And the one that we collectively, uh, as individuals, can actually have a part in changing. So are we really going to let these little temporary inconveniences screw up our last chance of having a future? I mean, what was I thinking? And we're not even talking about completely changing our lifestyles with just a few small adjustments and a little bit of inconvenience, maybe. But also some immediate upsides, like uh, we, we talked in the past about the much lower fuel costs, so the really fun driving experiences. And there's other possibilities coming down the line, like uh, vehicle-to-grid technologies, which we might talk about again at another time. So we actually have a chance to do something that's actually going to make a difference. So we owe it to ourselves and the next generation to take that opportunity. Uh, I heard recently, and, and maybe you heard too, that uh, David Attenborough's crusade to change our behaviours around single-use plastics is actually having a measurable positive effect. People are changing their behaviours and it's, it's actually working. And really it's the same thing with the switch to EVs. We can do it. We have to do it. But it's nice that we can actually do it with so many immediate positive returns as well. So point is, we, we can't let these small things get in the way in the context of that bigger picture. So rant over. Over to you, Greg. <laughs> well, here, here. Uh, what can I say? I fully agree. Um, the um, on the subject of of charging, it's uh, it's interesting. When I had Jill Noel on the uh, on the podcast a while ago, she was talking about um, initiative to get young people involved in like designing the new approach to charging, or you know, a fresh look in, into charging. Because uh, let's be honest, there's nothing inconvenient about charging other than the fact that you have to wait for it when you're on the go. Um, people stop on you know if you go to any motorway services people stop for sometimes well over an hour just to sit in a car and stare at the sky or uh, or have you know coffee or whatever so i think that's a very moot point that that you have to stop every you know two hours um i i think as a sort of western civilization we are and i'm, I'm sorry to to be so <laughs> so bad on, on this but the uh, um I think we're way overprivileged when it comes to uh, to these things. Uh, you know, oh, the fact that we can um, that we can get in a car and go places. I think we just take it way too much for granted, and uh, and just has to stop. Um, but the uh, I I love how um, um, Robert Llewellyn in the uh, one of the recent uh, runs on on his uh, uh, show fully charged just basically went into a full rant about SUVs. And I, I sometimes just want to do that when I'm in front of a school and watching ladies, usually, uh, dropping off her kids in massive SUVs uh, because, you know, because they have to have a, an SUV for a, for a single child. Um, uh, and uh, and doesn't take... Yeah, it's just, yeah. I, I don't want to go on a rant. Um, you, you do, you do. <laughs> look up uh, Fully Charged. <laughs> look up Fully Charged. Uh, show if you if you want to listen to Robert Llewellyn uh, complaining about basically what's happened in uh, in the last ten years of the year uh, is that we have this massive um, uh, huge improvements in the engine uh, combustion engine efficiency and then what do we do as a as a as a you know civilization we build bigger cars that actually consume as much or more fuel just to get our you know 
big fadasses and uh, and all, all a collection of crap that we don't need around uh, uh, you know just to go down to the park or whatever it, it's just absolutely horrendous um but that, that is the the common pattern in uh, our modern lifestyles <laughs> and it's just absolutely mad yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's an absolute madness so uh, that's my like you know uh, I, I wouldn't even go into like evs this is like you know i think we just as as people we just have to recognize the fact that we just consume too much and we rely we rely on other things too much uh, uh you know to like we don't need like i don't know um my parents didn't have a car when i was younger but the um but most people living in the uk their parents had a car and i'm sure it was a much smaller car and they were able to uh, to go around in their you know smaller car it was probably not as efficient as modern cars but um Point being that you didn't need that much space. You, you definitely did not need an SUV to go around uh, uh, to a park or or to do your shopping. Uh, so you know, I, I would I would start there first of all. Um, I don't want to be uh, pontificating anyone, but the but I think that's just a you know we just have to collectively get our um, knickers in a twist and uh, and just kind of. I don't want to swear on this episode, but the uh, but we 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 just we'll, we'll save that for the next episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're gonna have to have a one that's like fully explicit. Um, uh, I would say for patrons only, but we only have one patron. Hi, Dean. Let, let's let's try and double that. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be that would be lovely. Um, he's actually encouraged me today to uh, to talk about more about Patreon because he feels lonely. So if you feel so brave, patreoncom TV and just join Dean. Please. Anyway, um, where was I? So, so, well, I I completely agree with your your little rant there, the one that you didn't want to make. Um, at least at a high level, I, I quibble with some of the details, and I think that's probably going to be another episode. Um, before we continue this conversation, do you mind if I pause here because my solicitor's been calling and I need to sure. call yeah. back quite urgently? Go and for we'll, it. We'll pick up in a minute. I'll cue some nice music. Uh, I I went on the rant, but the uh, I actually wanted to get to your point about the uh, the charging infrastructure, because uh, um, so uh, Jill Noel was one of the people who mentioned the fact that you know there's a need to we need to look into different ways of charging, and there's a whole topic that I actually want to cover at some point, which is about you know alternative way to charge rather than just plug in, because there's there's this everyone's very excited about the uh, the wireless or in, induction charging and. Yeah. Um, and you know the, the tests have uh, and the, it has been tested to death basically already. Like and there's loads of physical re- limitations that we cannot, well, we can't change the laws of physics. I'm afraid um, to to you know to to make it better. Um, Tell that to Captain Kirk. <laughs> so I'm a, well. Spoiler alert! I don't think induction charging is going to be a, a the, the the next big thing um, for electric cars anyway. The um, uh, the the other subject, uh, so, so we I had Steve as well. Hi Steve, sort of who you know wasn't here in in his official capacity, but who works for Engini, um, right. and I can you know I can vouch for them as you know they have a very I I've used their chargers so many times and I only had one issue, um, and I think uh, so. Just going back to your experiences with the um, Ecotricity and and Polo chargers is the. Um, Everyone's kind of jumping on ecotricity for you know some good reasons and some terrible reasons, and everyone's at the same time praising polar. But I, I would urge everybody, and this is going to sound very hippie, but just remember that polar was bought by BP um, to sort of you know, and polar's not not a company that um, I mean they're they're doing great things, but let's not forget that the uh, the you know the the money that they have to do certain things is. Just to basically wash over the uh, the BP's sins from the past, which I don't think will be forgotten. But you know, let's just not forget that. And also, just like uh, so that that was that's my hippie sort of side over. But the um or, or um the other problem with or the sort of general problem with the, with the charges is that the um that it's just a piece of hardware, and it depend the it all kind of wears and 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 uh, you know and starts to break as as you use it so 
Ecotricity chargers have been out on the motorways. Granted, they've been you know maintained up and upgraded at some points in the past, but the uh, but they've been in place for what six years now, and loads of those those chargers have been there for you know five six years, and majority of that hardware is still in there. There've been some bits that have been changed and upgraded, but it's mostly the cables and the and the uh, the plugs that have been upgraded, not the actual trinkets inside. Uh, so you know, there's a reason why they break from time to time because it's just, it's just an old hardware, and with with regards to polar chargers, everyone is raving about them. You had bad experiences, and I had uh, I had general generally good experiences with, with polar, but um, but the uh, the chargers that are actually used a lot. So all the chargers that I've or most of the chargers that I've tried in London, within sort of M25. Uh, especially with the uh, uh, advent of the um, the taxi drivers now driving the uh, 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 the electric, essentially electric taxis, uh, those chargers get hogged a lot by those char- by those uh, taxi drivers, and you know they get hammered a lot, and they just fail constantly. Um, you know the same chargers that outside of M twenty five work amazingly because they've just been used, you know, here and there. The, uh, the chargers in London are hammered all the time and they just fail all the time. It's just, you know, it's a new hardware. It's it's just it's just the way it is. Like, the uh, it hasn't been tested that much uh, compared to the uh, Ecotricity chargers or, um, or engineering chargers who are made by a third-party companies who had experiences, you know, designing and manufacturing uh, uh, high... Uh, um, high uh, voltage and high uh, uh, current equipment for a very very long time so they obviously know how to make it a bit more resilient and what sort of you know the sort of the te- they're capable of testing it in the sort of uh, uh, in the environments where i'm sure polar actually exploit uh, employs loads of people who know what they're doing but they they haven't been doing it for that long um so next time you 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 want to jump on the well uh, this is like me to uh to everybody listening if you want to jump on on the ecotricity's uh, uh you know uh Ranting or, or or sort of ecotricity um, uh, criticizing bandwagon. Just remember that you know polar charges will most likely start failing in the same rate in the next two three years once they get the uh, the, the fair share of use. Um, I don't think it will be any different. Um, and in fact, that's my experience as well. Uh, the and genie and. Um, and yeah, well, actually, Engini is probably the only company that I had experiences with, where I only had one failure, and every every time I turn up to one, I can pretty much rely on it hundred um, percent. And the other great thing about them is that they there's a, they've, they've always installed two. Uh, whenever there's an installation, there's always two Engini chargers. There's usually two Ecotricity chargers, or at least two, obviously with some um, exceptions, uh, which obviously makes makes it much easier, A, if there's somebody else already there, or if one of them has failed. And I think Polo actually should do the same thing. They should have two chargers as a minimum per site. I think that just should be, you know, because when you, when you travel from A to B on, high, on uh, long distances, you do want to rely on things like that, like the rapid charging. You do not want to... You, you you cannot che- check the uh, the app whilst you're driving, so that's one you know uh, complaint that I hear on Twitter's all the time is that oh you should have checked before you left. Um, well, I'm traveling long distance. I'm going to drive for two hours. I'm not going to check the Twitter or 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 the app uh, before I turn up to a place. I'm sorry, that's just not not going to happen. And B, uh, why just have one? Just install two. I mean, you have the means to do it. So. Um, and the side's already been d- dug up and the cables have been run to it. So, yeah, anyway, anyway that's my rant about the uh, the charging. So I don't know if you have an idea of the relative cost of going from one to two chargers at the same site, because I know we talked before about how expensive these rapid chargers are, just putting them in in the first place. Do you have an idea of that at all? Uh, so I, as, as part of the, uh, the sort of research for the, the previous episodes where I, uh, I actually interviewed Steve and... Um, and and I've interviewed two other people for that episode who didn't want to go or weren't allowed to go on record officially, basically by the corporate overlords. Um, 
the um, uh, Steve Asma actually mentioned uh, that it's upwards to about 70k to to install it, and um, the charger itself, you know, is between 10 and 20k uh, um, as a unit. Um, the rest of it is in- installation and just basically the labor. You know, um, it uh, it's it's a pretty thick cable that has to be put in place, uh, uh, run into run to the, the wherever you need to be, it to be. So it, if we're running about. Well, we we sort of we we were comparing fifty to say seventy k per installation whether it's one or two chargers, so I think uh, no but nobody's making money on these chargers uh, for now. Um, you know, uh, uh, for somebody like Polar, it's it's mostly a, a, a PR uh, move for BP at least um, to have them installed and and sort of the network being developed they want to be in place in case you know or when the the time comes to actually ditch the uh fossil fuels uh, uh you know so for them it's like a it's a lifeline but at the moment it's just a pr uh, a, um exercise because obviously polar is just in britain i think at the moment and the um nbp is kind of worldwide um the um so so what they're you know what you, what you want as a, a sort of uh, as a company that um installs one of them is you want to have the you want to take the grid in that place for yourself so you want to have a you know foot foot uh, print in that area uh you want to have a foothold basically in in wherever you are and if you just have one charger and fails or it's been in use you're not gonna you're not gonna um wow people you, you know you you actually it's a, it's a terrible experience for a for an EV driver to turn up, especially a new EV driver to turn up at a place and only to to see one charger, and that charger being in, u- in use or or uh, or failing, um, I think that's just terrible. Um, so I I don't think it's a too much to ask when they um, when they you know put millions into the into the uh, the uh, in- installation of new chargers to have two of them uh, and. Like people like Polar, they they manufacture those chargers themselves, so I'm sure their costs are much lower than, say, uh, Ingenies who uh, buy the the chargers from a third party. Um, I'm sure when you buy them in bulk, if you buy, you know, if you double or triple your your uh, your order uh, count, I'm sure you get a massive discount as well. <laughs> but it's probably not as as uh, as great as the uh, as when you manufacture them yourself and you can optimize the actual cost. Yeah, I think the, the big problem that you touched on there is, with Polar at least, it is more of a, a PR thing for, for BP. And I would stop short of saying that they're actually actively trying to discourage people to, to move to EVs, although you could make a case for that, but no, I don't think that's really the case. I think they're just not really paying attention to the overall experience, whether that's having enough working chargers and you know potentially installing two at each site. Uh, they say like a, effectively like a, a 10% overhead. So you may as well do it. Um, but also just the, the actual user experience of using these things. I mean, the, the one that I tried um, that had contactless, it actually had two contactless uh, terminals, one for starting and stopping the, the charge and one for actually taking the money. Um, it just, just seems ridiculous. You know, you, you should design these things uh, to be to be a single um, experience like the the Ingenie ones, it, it can definitely be done. Yeah, it just seems definitely. to be driven by a, a checkbox mentality, and so it's no wonder they have quite high failure rates as well. Now, I can't really base my own experience on that because I haven't really used a lot of them, um, so it'd be it'd be unfair to to criticise from that position. In fact, my my rant was more about the just the experience of using the whole infrastructure, uh, including home charges, from the perspective of somebody who is just trying to move into the EV world not really necessarily a criticism of the providers because as you say there's no real money in it at the moment so we're having to put up with these these schemes where a lot of the providers lock you into to their own subscription services and cards and things like that and we do seem to be getting past that a bit that's promising Um, but that means you know they've got to get their money from somewhere that's uh, that's the problem, really. Is and it's not necessarily their fault. We've got to somehow create the the environment that that's going to allow companies to, to flourish in, and probably that will involve greater 
investment from the government, which is really just not happening at the moment. Uh, I think that's probably going to be the only way to to improve the situation. Although some people are making it work, so maybe there is hope. I I think there is a potential there, but like I say, there there isn't money in it, and um and like I said, the uh, from everybody else telling me about it, it's all about uh, grabbing the the sort of the their their own uh, piece of the pie at the moment for the future, yeah. um, but they, you know, but then then it, once they grab that pie, they have to uh, hold on to it for because if you imagine spending seventy grand say on two chargers and installation of 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 them at a at a site, and then you charge people. What is it, 10p per uh, kilowatt hour, like Paula do? It doesn't take a math genius to um, to work out how long does it or how many charges it it takes for that to uh, cost to be uh, recouped. You know, there's a reason why any sort of serious company that doesn't have a massive uh, uh, corporation backing them charges more than than 10p. Uh, is you know, uh, it's a, it's a fairly straightforward. And the um, and uh, somebody told me actually. Statistically, countrywide uh, or, or UK-wide, um, every rapid charger is, uh, on average, used once uh, per day. So there's one single charging session per day. Uh, say that's £5. That's somebody spent at the site, which is a generous overestimate, in my opinion. But, the, uh, but you know, on average, that would be true if you, got, if you take somebody who charges 50 P per kilowatt hour and 10 P per kilowatt hour, kilowatt hour uh, and sort of an average charging session is about 30 kilowatts, let's just say. Um, and that's generous probably as well. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not going to do the maths now, but the, uh, but I think that's about, you know, five quid um, per day. Uh, so that will be 10 quid for two of them. Um, you know, divide, divide 70,000 pounds by 10 and you get uh, 7,000. So that's 7,000 days that that charger has to be in place, which is a, a lot of years um, for the cost to be recouped. Um, well, you, you say that, but those those figures are across all rapid chargers. Yes. You yeah. need to look at the figures for you know how often, say, a polar charger gets used on average yeah, in yeah. order to add their numbers up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but still, you know, at this point in time, it's all about just getting getting yourself in, just holding the position, grabbing the grids, essentially. But um, right. but you have to be you have to grab that grid for c- quite a few years um, for this uh, a piece of um, I don't know an, a, for, for not it's not an estate but it's like uh, for this um, position to be held if uh, if your charger fails after two three years and there's just one charger in place uh, but somebody else uh, uh, puts in two three more chargers in the uh, in an area that's you know five minutes away, they're not gonna they're not gonna be there for too long. Basically, um, is my point. It's the you know, uh, so uh, I I know Polar actually that I don't I, just just to be clear, I'm not faulting uh, people who work for Polar. I know a few people who work for Polar and they're amazing. Uh, but you know, uh, we just have to be mindful of the 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 fact that you know the the companies work in a certain way. There's no. It's not about it's not all about individuals working at the at yeah. the, at the um, sort of indigi- individual level. It's all it's about the, the sort of the not the politics, but the business side of things. Uh, and uh, and that's that's the bit that I'm criticizing basically uh, because I had I had some exchanges with uh, with some higher high, uh, position people at Polar on Twitter and and in, in sort of and uh, direct and you know most it were, they were mostly fine. So um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so my my point being is that you know I think uh, Polar should start putting in double, triple chargers, and I know some some places they do. They've got uh, in Milton Keynes they have they've got the um, they've got I can't remember how many chargers they have in the um, uh, near the bus station, but the uh, but they've they've got loads, on, not the bus station, sorry. Um, they've got like a little. Um, uh, escapes me what it's called, but basically they have five or six chargers in one place, so you can just turn up there and, and plug in, and you're pretty much guaranteed that there will be a charger uh, for you. Um, I think there should be more and more places like that. Um, but there should, but I think also longer term, yeah, we, we really should be concentrating more on the 
service stations and like secondary uh, places like service stations because as ranges increase in the DVs that we're, we're starting to get because um, we, we shouldn't be using rapid chargers too often anyway it's really just to to keep us going on a longer journey um, and you know it's nice to get us out of trouble from time to time as well but we don't necessarily need to have them on every street corner especially in Milton Keynes because there's a lot of street corners but <laughs> um, maybe optimising for uh, lots of um, charges spread around is is not necessarily the right way to go longer term. Although it's difficult to to really guide these things when it's it's much more of an emergent thing coming out of individual companies with their own agendas. Well, the, um, yeah, Milton Keynes is an exception in the country, and uh, like I was saying uh, in episode whatever it was, uh, I only picked on Milton Keynes because of the <laughs> joke. Yeah, yeah, but it's the. Uh, Milton Keynes has as many charges within its set of boundaries as the rest of the country. Um, it's it's really I'm I'm probably exaggerating it, but they but they have they have way too many rapid charges for a for a, for a, for a city or town. I don't know if it's a city. Right. Um, uh, it's just because the, uh, the because of the the the, the local uh, government that you know is very very pro EV. Um, they're very forward looking, basically. Um, the but as, as far as the, the, the um, that's actually the next my next point in the uh, in the in the notes is the um, both the sort of the the latest news and views on cars because we you know we're getting towards the end of the uh, 2019 mm-hmm. um, and I know we've always been talking about the 2020 as the sort of the year of the EV and we we now know what EVs unless somebody else comes out with a surprise and they're going to, you know, and they're going to announce something just now or at the beginning of 2020 and say, and by the way, it's available for purchase straight away, which never happens in the uh, in the world of car manufacturers. So I highly doubt it. Uh, but we kind of know what sort of ranges cars will have in 2020. Like we, you know, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a known picture at the moment. And I don't, I think we've anticipated it to be much greater than what it's going to be. I think the, uh, there's quite a few cars uh, that are going to be uh, available in 2020 that have ranges in sort of 150 to 200 mile range. Um, uh, there are just few over that, and and very few uh, that are over 300. Um, and unless you have, you know, you count in uh, in some uh, some variants of the cars with the larger batteries. Um, but I think it, it's clear uh, that most cars. That are going to be available in the next two three years will have 150 to 200 mile range, uh, which if you asked me two years ago, I would have said no, no, that's going to be over 300 in in two years. So you know, um, I think this is all just in uh, in line to keep the cost down because obviously the cost mm. of the battery per kilowatt hour drops, um, and 2020 is is this nice sort of year where the cost of the battery manufacturing is low enough that the manufacturers can actually start selling them at a sort of reasonable prices. But at the same time, they're, they're very conservative when it comes to uh, the, the battery size. So they're, they're only putting batteries that are sort of sufficient for the, those, those cars to do, you know, 150, 180 miles on a single charge in like a realistic uh, range. I'm not talking about the, the quoted uh, Ranges because they, they they all trying to get to two hundred mark in their uh, specs, but in reality we know that never happens, right? Whatever, even yeah. the WLTP uh, 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 test cycle isn't isn't as uh, realistic as we would all love love it to be. Um, so, like, um, yeah. Um, any? Well, we're definitely not quite there yet, but the trend is still going in the right direction. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. we are further along than we were, and those those cars with smaller ranges are still very useful, especially as second cars or for people that don't have uh, long longer driving needs. And if you do make longer journeys regularly, there are now many more options than there were even a year ago. I, I know from personal experience of looking at exactly that market. So, um, I'm I'm still fairly hopeful on on that front. I think that the signs that more and more uh, mainstream manufacturers are uh, 
well, jumping on the bandwagon or actually catching up, depending on which way you look at it. Um, nonetheless, they are starting to take it very seriously and things are changing, maybe a bit slower than we would like. And infrastructure is also improving, despite my rant earlier, um, and we're starting to meet to the middle. Um, we've got a way to go yet, but um, it, it is still, I think, a good year to for more people to, to start to make that switch. Oh yes, um, you know, there's no denying the. Um, um, I I do, not regularly, but uh, every so often I'll go up north or uh, or west um, in my little EV, and the, the the choice is just improving when it comes to to um, to charges. The uh, um, actually, if we can go back to the uh, the um, after we had all the runs about uh, charges. So there's one thing that everyone would point out. Uh, and I've and I'd be really uh, terrible if I didn't mention it. So the one of the the problems with the, uh, the sort of the charging landscape in the UK is that Ecotricity, as a provider, uh, has a, a, a pretty much pretty much a, a monopoly when it comes to charging at the service stations in the UK. That's one of the reasons why you'll see plenty of you know uh, Polar and uh, and other um, chargers like Ingenie very close to the motorway so there will be in a pub or in a car park that's literally just off the you know you get off the ramp and there's a pub or something uh, or restaurant and they'll have a charger there because they want to be as close to the motorway as possible but they can't put themselves in the service station because of the ecotricity's um, contracts with the um i mean we we have pretty much a mo- monopoly in the uk when it comes to service station uh, uh providers and on the uh, at the end of that we have the Ecotricity signing a deal with one company. So, you know, this, this is sort of, I think that's how it kind of works, um, which is a, good or bad, it's, you know, it's the way it is. Um, it's a bit of both, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's trying to, you know, blame Ecotricity for everything these days, which, uh, let's let's put it this way. When 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 you're a manufacturer X and you, you you're working on an EV, if you didn't make sure that your car works with a ecotricity charger in this case in the UK it's just terrible um so you know before you blame ecotricity on on the, on the uh, on the uh, the charging uh, experience just talk to your uh, your, your car manufacturer uh, first because they're actually the ones who who's who are responsible for making sure that your car can charge um but that's just my pretty uh, pretty definite point of view on the on this on that subject. Uh, it doesn't solve much if you you know if you run to ecotricity or, uh, but if you talk to the to your car manufacturer, it, you have a greater chance of of getting something done. Um, yeah. So so yeah. So that that's the just. Let's, so let's go back to um to twenty twenty, and all the amazing cars are, that are going to be uh, available in twenty twenty. Um, what is your uh, what is your next car going to be, Phil? Because we're very close to that, and you're moving a house now, so you know. Yeah, well, um, got half an eye on the Cybertruck. We've got to talk about Cybertruck. <laughs> Maybe another time. Uh, I don't actually have half an eye on the. Um, I forget which model it is now. The the previous one they they announced um, earlier this year. A Model Y. Model Y. That's the one. That one actually does seem to be much closer to. Um, to what I'd need, both in terms of range and size. So, um, and, and probably the timing as well. So, um, the the lease on my Outlander will have run its course by the time that's really hitting the market. Yeah, I, I predict it's going to be available first in the UK probably in September next year, because they're the uh, they were saying previously that they're going to be manufacture start manufacturing them towards the end of the twenty twenty or sort of auto, uh, you know autumn or fall of 2020 but i think every sign in the sky is telling me now that the um it's going to be kind of moved uh closer to to the early of 2020 which means if they if they start manufacturing it for the us market uh sort of in the march april we w- we might get the right hand version in by by september which would be in line with which is with what happens for the um for model 3 because I certainly know loads of people, including myself, who would love to have a Model Three, and I can probably, you know, I can probably uh, squeeze in f- for a Model Three uh, 
standard range plus, but I don't like the uh, the the boot. The opening of the right. boot is my in my opinion just a no no. Um, uh, and this is you know again me being a privileged white man living in the Western world. Uh, but the, but the, uh, the the I just know that I do sometimes need to put things that are taller into the boot than the uh, than the Model Three. And Model Three is amazing uh, as a car. It's got plenty of power, plenty of range. You know, it's just, it's just everything uh, uh, anyone could need out of the uh, out of the car. Probably too expensive for loads of people, but the uh, but other than that, if you if you have that sort of money and you want to buy a, yourself a Tesla, there's nothing wrong with Model Three. I just do want to have a, a ability to put bigger things in a boot. Makes sense. Um, uh, so you know, Model Y would be probably, but and I'm sure I'm sure there's lots of people like me, who, who have the similar uh, sort of thinking, and of course, uh, if you have three kids like yourself, then you 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 do need a bit more space in the back. Uh, yeah, to, to just make them you know comfortable. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, Model Y is, is a good is a good option. Uh, we have uh, we have um, uh, put down deposits on two cars. We're not going to be buying two cars, obviously, uh, but it's a fully refundable deposit. So why not put yourself in a queue? Uh, right. We've put a deposit on the uh, Kia e Niro, which, mm-hmm. from what I've heard, uh, Kia has finally pulled a finger out of the uh, the backside, and are going to be making them in, um, you know. A proper quantities, not just have nine hundred for the UK, which uh, which is what yeah. they did with the uh, with the previous generation. Uh, and I know what they're saying, you know, officially that it was it was a uh, the battery production restriction. Look, uh, the same supply of the batteries is supplying 10, 20 times more batteries for other car manufacturers. So I think it's just an agreement. It's it's a business. Uh, a decision. They just want to manufacture lower quantities of cars, see how it goes, and then go for it. But yeah. they're not going to tell us. Obviously, that 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 doesn't look. That's, that that doesn't. From a PR perspective, that's not a good move. Probably no. it will be. It will be like we we could understand, but most people would be like, "Oh, they're not sure about it. Maybe I shouldn't be buying this car." Would be sort exactly. of a, a, you know a, a Joe average, uh, a Joe averages uh, train of thought. Uh, so you know. Then uh, they're going to manufacture the the new uh, Soul as a as a, an EV only, which is one of the other reasons why they have to have a battery supply that you know that can right. cover the uh, the uh, the probably demand for for them is going to be greater even for uh, than Eniro. So that's so that's one car because I just love I just love the fact that it has a has a great range and it's a pretty nippy car the, at least the one that we test drove. Uh, thanks to the uh, EV Experience Center in Milton Keynes, actually, um, and uh, and the other the other car that we put the deposit down on is is a is the VW um, uh, ID three. There you go. That's the that's okay. the one. Um, so we've put down the deposit on that because the um, it it it's basically it's the size of a, of a of a Nissan Leaf, which is plenty uh, big for us. Um, and but it's got obviously a greater range, and it's a it's a modern modern EV. We um, you know there's nothing wrong with our Leaf, but it is it is it is a bit outdated. Um, I'm speaking of 2020. I'm actually I'm hugely disappointed with Nissan. Um, they obviously had had trouble in the paradise with the uh, uh, CEO being uh, being uh, you know dragged into lawsuits and fired for uh, for some financial misconduct. Um, I don't know if it's alleged or not, but the uh, you know the the fact is the fact, um, and the uh, and I'm sure that has an impact that because he was a great EV enthusiast himself, and I think that had one of the that had an impact on the uh, on them not manufacturing uh, uh, more EVs because years ago he's announced that they have you know a number of cars waiting to be unveiled, uh, not just a leaf, uh, and we're nearing 2020 and they still have only. On sale, they have the Nissan Leaf, uh, forty and sixty kilowatt hour, and they've got ENV two hundred E, or ENV two hundred. Sorry, um, and obviously there's a whole sort of disappointment in Nissan's uh, ability to manufacture uh, cars that actually can do greater distances and can be charged multiple times mm. a day. 
uh, which is uh, you know, it's just uh, yeah, it doesn't. There's no. I I just I just don't know how that happened. Like <laughs> there's no um, there's no excuse for not putting uh, you know especially uh, for not putting a, a liquid cold battery system in their um, in their cars, especially since they're doing it for ENV two hundred. Um, I I could un- I could understand if they were doing that across the board, you know, uh, but they they do have the uh, the technology uh, to, to do it. So I, just, I yeah, so well, I'm I'm terribly disappointed in Nissan, which is one of the reasons I probably my next car is not going to be a Nissan. Um, I had high hopes when they when they were unveiling the uh the uh, 40 kilowatt hour leaf we were all hoping for something that's going to take them into the future and i'm afraid yeah. you know um yeah that's not happened um so yeah that's pretty much it i um you, you don't want to talk about cybertruck uh that's a shame <laughs> not sure this episode that's a shame as you know we should have recorded episodes like next day just like every other uh, uh yeah. <laughs> just like every other uh, uh podcast out there but, uh, no, I, 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 I don't want to make this podcast into um, you know next uh, like the the news uh, show. I think we 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 want to talk about things that are obviously relevant to us at the present. But I, I, I want people to pick this up, you know, pick up most of the episodes of the uh, Take It TV next year and or even in two years and actually have something to listen to rather than just you know have the latest greatest news and. Um, and for the benefit of those people, the the Cybertruck was just announced last week. That's why we're talking about it that way. Well, thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> right. Um, anything else to share about the uh, the twenty twenty uh, lineup of cars, Phil? Uh, I was just going to say the the other two that I have my eye on are the um, the E Nero that you, you mentioned, and uh, possibly the the Ionic, the Hyundai, uh, both both which I looked at. Well, certainly the Ionic I looked up before, but uh, I think it was just before the the latest one was announced, and it just wasn't quite where we wanted it. So that that's going to be worth going back to look at again. Uh, so if we don't end up going for the for the Tesla, there there are other options, um, and maybe there will be some some new announcements in the year. We, we've got some time yet before we need to to move. So in terms of cars, that is. Yeah, so there, there may be some more announcements. Yeah, there's 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 a you know there's a huge possibility. I, I I'm not into sort of I'm not a full time automotive person, so I you know I don't follow the uh, the you know the timelines. Oh, oh, we actually forgot about the the Mustang. So um, everyone was oh, yeah. everyone was terribly disappointed with, with Ford because um, the um, I even the, the the my the last show that I went to uh, in Millbrook. Um, Ford had a massive stand and you know they were like electrif- electrifying the world blah 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 and the only thing that they had on the on the display were just PHEVs uh, which I'm sorry but in you know th- that's about 10 years late and then all of a sudden they uh, they announced the uh, the Mustang which uh, I've got I've got some opinions <laughs> uh, but the uh, uh, let me just get them quickly out of my chest. The, um, it's not a Mustang. It's I'm, I'm I'm sure it's got a Mustang in the name, but if you if you look at the Mustang from like seventies, you know it's an American muscle car, which I'm sorry, but for Europeans, American muscle cars are just not that impressive. They just make a lot of noise. They look yeah. beefy. They probably drive quick-ish in a straight line, but from what I've heard, they can't do like this thing called turning properly at the speed which for a, for a car that's supposed to be fast i think that's just mm. uh, you know that's a terrible uh, characteristic um but <laughs> you know it looks nice the uh, uh whatever it's called um but it's 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 not a it's not a mustang it's a, it's a are they calling it actually a compact suv or everyone's calling their cars mustang uh, uh, sorry um compact suvs these days uh yeah, I think by that definition, it must be. Yeah, it's it, it's called Mustang Mach E, um, and uh, I don't think they're calling it SUV. No. Oh no, it's it's an all new electric SUV from Ford, on their own website. Um, right. It's not a, a. It's not an SUV. Seriously, um, no. sports utility vehicle. I I um. It's not a utility vehicle. 
utility the, the reason they're called they were called SUVs is because they were smaller than trucks in the US. Yeah. So you had some utility out of them so you could tow. That's one of the utilities. Mm-hmm. You had a bed that we can put things. Uh, this is not any SUV. I mean, the SUV as a name is just a marketing uh, term these days. It means nothing. Yeah. But it's not an SUV. Um, but in order to sell a car to, uh, to your mother, uh, you know, uh, dropping a child at the school, you just have to have an SUV in a name. So... Um, it, it's an impression. Sorry, that's just terrible of me. But yeah, it's just it's just the truth. Um, the um, it, it's a, it looks nice, but it, if you compare, if you put one of them next to a, um, an, a Mustang from seventies, this car is like three times bigger. Uh, you know, it's probably not, it's probably as long, but it's just it's a massive massive car. It's not a Mustang. Uh, it uh, it will sell from forty thousand in the UK, which is you know a lot of money for a first SUV, but it's supposed to have a 300-mile range or over 300-mile range. So I'm looking forward to seeing them, a few of them, in the UK. Um, I'm not sure it's going to sell that well, but, the uh, you know, uh, especially if you compare it to the, uh, um, the other car manufacturers. But I've got I've got few... I know a few people who are Ford en- enthusiasts and they, um, they'll they be buying one of them, probably. So maybe I'll see one. Who knows? Um, what else is there? Um that I forgot about in, in 2020. Um, 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 well, yeah, like I said, maybe maybe something will be announced at the beginning of 2020. Um, just like the, the the reason I mentioned the Mustang is because they, they just came out of the blue saying, oh, by the way, we've got an EV. Uh, and, you know, normally the cars are uh, unveiled at, uh, at, a, at a show um, and there's just few of them every year. And I think we, we passed the the ones for 2019 and and I don't think there are too many at the beginning of 2020 so given the fact that you know if they unveil if somebody unveiled a car in March say of 2020 they might start uh, making it available uh, or, or start delivering it towards the end of 2020 which technically is still in 2020 but mm-hmm. you know but that's a year away <laughs> um, yeah. I don't yeah I don't think there's anything else we uh, we need to talk about uh, as far as the uh, the 2020 uh, cars are uh, are um, uh, concerned. Not that I can think of. Uh, there was just one more thing that I wanted to say in general, though. So we mentioned that uh, I'm moving house again. Yes. And in fact, during during while we've been recording this, I had a call from my. So let's just say we've exchanged contracts, so that's all going ahead. The the reason that's relevant to this show is I will actually have the opportunity to install chargers again. I'm going to have two installed, and one of them is going to be vehicle-to-grid enabled. So that might be something to talk about next time. So I just want to leave us on on that cliffhanger. Ooh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to actually seeing that. Presumably it's a a chatter mode because that's the only vehicle-to-grid. But yeah, yeah, there'll be... uh, once you have that installed, it will be nice to actually get your own views on that. Will you yeah, be absolutely? Will you getting? Will you be getting solar as well, or is it just uh, vehicles? Vehicle uh, not straight grid? away, but that is the plan longer term. Yes. Interesting. interesting. Obviously, that makes particular sense with solar as well. Well, it's one of the many reasons you should subscribe to this podcast. Uh, absolutely. The other one is, you know, if you subscribe and you tweet me on on Techie TV, um, I will record more shows. <laughs> it's, a, it's a simple it's as simple as that um we you know um we're not recording and this is the uh, this is i do apologize for not recording um on a regular basis but I, I like to have something to talk about i don't like to just uh comment on the recent news um i think that's just you know i think that's just way too easy and there's there's way too many people doing that already so i don't want to be adding to the uh um uh, to that uh you know bunch i want to have something different um anyway i don't know why i went so sad all of a sudden <laughs> um apologies for that and no, you're you know, just pointing out the positive aspects of this podcast i do indeed um thank you <laughs> but you know be my friend uh message me on take it uh uh at take it sorry on twitter uh Follow us, obviously. Uh, comment and uh, and suggest things. If you if you know, know of anything that actually we didn't mention or 
if we were wrong about something or if you just want to have a friendly conversation just you know go for it and obviously visit patreon well, there's something you want us to particularly cover yeah exactly and obviously uh, uh go to patreon.com slash take uh, and join dean uh, uh you know in the uh, in a in a vast amount of of supporters of this podcast because the because uh, he's amazing and uh and you know it costs money to record this like we we're doing it obviously as a as a sort of hobby uh side project but the uh but it would be nice to cover at least some costs uh wouldn't it um yeah let, let's try and reach our goal of doubling the number of supporters that would be great that would be great do you want to talk about anything else sort of as an out out show i think i'm done well um Hopefully, the uh, you, you have an amazing studio in your, in your new house, and uh, and you know uh, we're looking forward to uh, to actually hearing about your uh, your uh, charging point uh, installation ex- experiences as well, because that's something relevant probably to more and more people as they're going to get mm. EVs now. Yeah, I'll definitely be documenting that experience. Cool. Right, uh, see you, folks. Okay. Take it easy. Take it easy. and guests make no guarantee to the accuracy, relevancy, completeness and suitability of the information provided. All information provided on as-is basis. No refunds.